Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. Would love to hear what's on your mind. But this is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And on this week's show, we'll be talking to Mike Martin, who is an artist and designer for Funko, as well as a cosplayer with costume characters for causes. All of that and more on this week's all-new episode of Mike Cybert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out First of all, huge shout-out to everyone who participated in this last weekend's Break the Chains 5K. Uh, Whether you ran or walked with us or volunteered or registered and donated online but weren't able to join us, uh, we had had a lot of folks from out of town uh, still register and support. Regardless, thank you. Uh, the event was a huge success, and as of this recording, I, uh, I I don't know how many people actually ended up walking. Uh, we're still doing some tabulating, or uh, how much money was raised for Federal Way Coalition Against Trafficking. But what I can tell you is that there were over 1,100 people pre-registered online, and there were a ton of folks that, that walked on and registered day of. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm sure I'll have uh, another update in the future with some final numbers. But again, I just wanted to say thank you uh, very briefly for helping us raise awareness about human trafficking in our community. Plus, uh, after meeting some of the vendors there at the 5K, uh, everybody was was amazing, by the way. Um, I uh, I may have to do another few more episodes of my Break the Chains podcast uh, that I've been doing on the side uh, because I've, uh, I, I've connected with a few more organizations that are also allies and advocates for this cause as well. Um, so, so stay tuned for that. Um, I also want to thank my guests from last week, uh, fellow KGRG alumni, cool guy, Luke and Dave Sanders, uh, talking about the Sabroso craft beer, taco and music festival and the recent shakeups in the world of TV, respectively. Uh, always glad to talk to those guys. And, uh, um, and I wanted to give an update on a couple of the TV things, uh, Dave and I were talking about last week. Um, apparently, uh, Sean William Scott will not be playing Martin Riggs on Lethal Weapon this fall after all. Instead, he will be a completely new character uh, but still partnered with Damon Wayans. Um, also, that uh, that Magnum P.I. reboot we were talking about on CBS, uh, yeah, it uh, it is indeed a reboot set in the present day with, uh, with Magnum as a ex-Navy SEAL returning home from Afghanistan uh, and using his military skills as a private detective. 
detective uh, played by Jay Hernandez. Uh, but he's still a Detroit Tigers fan and will drive that iconic red Ferrari. Oh, yeah. And uh, Higgins has been uh, gender swapped. That will, that will be a uh, lady this time around. And uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed for a sixth season, but it will be shortened to 13 episodes. And ABC has not yet decided if that will be the show's final season or not. And incidentally, no spoilers here, but it is kind of curious and interesting that uh, that that sixth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will premiere in the summer of 2019, which will be after Avengers 4, the uh, currently untitled uh, fourth Avengers movie and sequel to Avengers Infinity War. Uh, so I think that's kind of a, an interesting choice and maybe gives them an opportunity to write around uh, the consequences of Avengers Infinity War. So that'll be interesting to see, uh, see how that goes. Uh, coming up next, it's my interview with Mike Martin, and you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. <laughs> Our guest this week is a multi-talented dude. It's true. Uh, he is an artist and designer for Funko, and he's a prolific cosplayer with costume characters for causes. Huge friends of the show. Please give it up for Mike Martin. Thank you. <laughs> Live studio audience is going crazy for Mike. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good, doing good. Well, we're uh, we're going to talk about a few things uh, here. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot of Funko. We're going to talk about uh, costume characters for causes. But really, what kind of like the the inspiration for us getting together finally is uh, coming up this week. The uh, uh, the Funko documentary drops. Uh, it's called uh, Make, oh, yes. "Making Fun: The Story of Funko." That drops this Thursday, May twenty fourth, on the Netflix. Uh, um, so that's you know that that just seemed like as good a timing as any for us to uh, you know finally get together for an interview because we've you know we've been kind of uh, uh, kicking around the idea I think probably since Emerald City Comic Con um, yeah but now it kind of gets us both in the in the same place at the same time which is which is totally rad. Um, so before we get into uh, the documentary, let's kind of wind the clocks back a little bit. We'll go back in time, time, time a little bit. <laughs> and um, uh, one of the things that that uh, I, I've been most eager to talk to you about is your work with Funko. So let's uh, uh, can we start with what you do there and how long you've been there? Yeah, uh, I am a uh senior con concept artist. So basically my job is to uh, create the uh, the concept for the Funko Pops. And so my boss will come to me and he'll say, go, we need a new Captain America Funko Pop. And so um, usually uh, what, I, what I'm working on are like the, the cinematic universe so it would be an upcoming movie like uh, infinity war and so mm -hmm. we will get reference from uh, marvel studios itself and then i take that and i adapt it into a funko pop um and as a concept artist it's basically my job to follow the figure all the way to the end so um 
I work with the the 3D sculptors to to dial in the, the sculpt, and and then I work with the factories to dial in the, the paints and the colors and everything like that. And uh, yeah, so it, it it's it's fun to kind of uh, see the project from start to finish. It's it's my baby all the way through. So that's that's what I do at Funko. Wow, that uh, that that's very very cool. Because um, it, it, it is very cool. <laughs> so basically, like like you said, it's it's your baby from start to finish. But you do like the actual like uh, uh, hand drawn design of of the of the pops, right? Yeah. Uh, the, well, for me, they're not hand drawn. I mean, there's times where I'll sit down with a pencil and sketch something out, but for the most part, I work. Uh, using a, a program called Illustrator, and uh, so um, all of my all my artwork is done on the computer. And uh, but like the the uh, um, actual illustration of the pop on the package is usually my concept art that has been what we call blinged. So we add oh. highlights and shadows and fancy it up, make sure it matches the final sculpt and everything. So that's a big part of what I do, too. Uh, 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 blings are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, taking all the concepts and fancying them up and, and, uh, and you know, that that's actually one of my favorite things to do at work is, is do the bling illustrations for the packaging. Um, and that's that's uh, kind of goes back to when you were asking how how long I've been at Funko. Mm-hmm. My my first official uh, well, <laughs> I I have I have an interesting past with Funko because okay. uh, the the uh, the three guys that started Funko I worked with them back in the nineties at a t shirt company and it, and. Uh, if you if you watch the documentary, uh, uh, they go through all the history of where Funko came from. So I won't get into that so much. I'll just mm-hmm. let your your listeners watch the video, hopefully, <laughs> and, and they'll enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but I, w- I was with them when th- these three guys started Funko. Um, and uh, in fact, in the documentary, I kept looking for pictures of me, and I go, I bet you I was standing right out of the picture oh. <laughs> because I, I was there when it happened, but I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't part of actually starting the company. Uh, but I did do, uh, freelance for Mike Becker, the, the guy who started Funko. I did freelance for him for probably the first two years that Funko existed. Um, and and then I got myself good steady work and and just kind of moved on. But I've always been friends with those guys. Uh, and then as time went on and and Funko grew, uh, more of my old friends started working at Funko. <laughs> so I'm kind of watching this happen, going hmm. And then um, you know, I just uh, it got to a point I had a good job and everything, but yeah. I, I was kind of getting bored mm-hmm. and I'm looking at Funko grow and I'm going, Hmm. So I, I emailed Sean Wilkinson who 
was one of the three guys that started Funko, and he's now the art director at Funko. Oh. And I said, and I just emailed him and I said, hey, I'd love to come work for Funko. Can we talk about it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sent, sent that email off. Well, the next day I got a phone call from my friend Damon Johnson, who is a uh, packaging designer at, at Funko. Mm-hmm. And he said, we are doing our first uh, pop ride. We're doing the 1966 Batmobile. And, you know, I'm just going, oh, ooh, that's <laughs> going to be cool. And he goes, we need a we need an illustration of the car. And and we, I just love illustrating cars. Mm-hmm. And it's and, you know, I, I do prints of them and stuff like that. And and um, so he's like, would you like to do it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that was on a Friday and I, I worked on it over the weekend and I got it done. And I emailed it to him and Sean Wilkinson uh, on Sunday night. And then on Monday, I'm going, oh, I hope they got the file. I haven't heard anything. So I, I, I called and um, said, did you get the file? And, and Damon's like, oh, yeah, it, it, it's great. Everybody loved it. Uh, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a go. You don't, it's, it's, uh, it'll be the, for the package. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going, great. Did Sean get my email? And he's like, <laughs> and Damon's like, huh? And so I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, uh, never mind. I'll call Sean. So I, mm-hmm. I hung up with Damon and I called Sean and I go, hey, Sean, did you get my email? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to call you. So this whole Batmobile illustration had nothing to do with my emailing Sean in the first place. Oh, they did. When when the project came up, they they were like, you know who would be perfect for this? Mike would be perfect for this. Okay. So it, it was just it was just perfect timing. And when I talked to Sean, he's like, "When can you start?" And yeah. that was it was as easy as that. You know, two weeks later, I was working at Funko, and that was uh, five years ago. It'll be five years in August. Wow. So, <laughs> so and I've I have never regretted it at all. It's the best job I've ever had. That's awesome. Well, well, congratulations. I mean, one on, you know, all, all of the cool work that you've done with Funko. But I mean, I mean, talk about a company that has just had a meteoric rise. I mean, it's like I, I remember when Funko first came on the scene and, you know, there, you know, there's a you know modest selection of pops and like some of the, like the uh, I think one of one of my first entrees into Funko was uh, uh, at Emerald City Comic Con one time. They had like an exclusive. Uh, Luke Skywalker Stormtrooper Funko Pop, and I was like, "Oh, these guys are kind of cool looking." And that that was I I want to say like right before you know they really just kind of blew up, and then pops are just everywhere. I mean, they are just <laughs> so much a part of our geek culture and pop culture. I mean, I mean you uh, you can't get away from that that distinctive stylized style of you know like the the large head, the 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 bulbous eyes, and you know the the very distinctive things that that makes a, a pop a a real Funko Pop, and it's 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 just really really cool. Yeah, uh, Sean Wilkinson. the The history of pop is interesting too because 
Funko is trying, you know, always trying new things, and we still sure. are, just to keep keep ourselves uh, new and 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 all that. So uh, back in because the pop started in 2010, and before then they had uh, like little superhero plushies. Okay. That basically, they basically looked like a pop, and um, now this is what I've been told. Anyways, <laughs> what happened was um, some uh, executive at, at uh, DC, I think, okay. said, "Hey, these little plushies look great. Wouldn't it be great to make little vinyl figures in this style?" Hmm. And uh, and we were like, yeah. And so that's where the development of, of Pops came along. Now, no one can name that executive. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just, we're like, well, who was that guy? And it's like, nobody knows. <laughs> so, uh, and that's when uh, Sean and, and Rob Schwartz, the two guys who have been with Funko from the start, when they started developing the pops Mm -hmm. and originally they were called Funko force 2.0 and they were packaged a different way. Sure. Um, but, uh, um, and the, the old school, uh, Funko fanatics who had been supporting Funko for all these years actually didn't like them at, (laughs) cause Funko had been doing, uh, you know, classic head bobber kind of stuff for years. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Funko has a, a very huge uh, supporting fans. We call them fanatics, <laughs> and and they and they which they totally love. Yeah. And um, the original Funko fanatics didn't like the pops, but the one thing that uh, that uh, Funko as a as a company noticed is. Before all the head barbers were usually bought by guys, but yeah. when they were coming to the conventions and buying pops, they were there was a lot of women buying them, and that's when that's when they kind of yeah. decided, hmm, I think this pop thing should be explored more, <laughs> and and uh, you know, uh, Sean calls Sean Wilkinson, the art director, calls pops. Uh, uh, the the formula of cuteness is just right. <laughs> yeah. And so we have we have the pop template and we stick to it because mm-hmm. it, it works. It, it's just the the size of the head, the the eyes, the big round eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and the the little body, the body and the head are the same size. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he calls it the formula of cuteness. <laughs> I love that. That's that's fantastic. And uh, and again, if you want to know more about the history of Funko, uh, you got to check out Making Fun, the story of Funko. Uh, again, that drops on Netflix uh, this Thursday, the 24th, apparently starting at midnight. And I was 
looking at, uh, let me see, I think I found this on uh, Funko.com, um, a little bit more about the documentary. Uh, it says, uh, to celebrate, the Funcast crew will be live-tweeting the documentary on Thursday, May 24th, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Because, I mean, I mean, one thing that's cool, just a quick aside on that, is that, you know, Funko is located right here in the Pacific Northwest. And that's, uh, um, so it, it's, it's just kind of cool that we get to make the world run on Pacific time as opposed to <laughs> being on Eastern time, like, uh, like usual, uh, apologies to our, our East coast listeners. Uh, but, <laughs> but it also says, uh, be prepared to share photos of your making fun viewing party and red carpet outfit with hashtag making fun, the movie on Twitter for the chance to win special making fun prizes. So there's a, there's a little bit about the documentary. Um, so I, I would like to uh, talk about the documentary a little bit before I ask you more about your uh, specific work at Funko because I, I learned something as uh, as we were uh, corresponding and setting up for this interview here. You had just shared with us a lot of the early history, and you indicated that you know you were you were there for a lot of the beginnings and origins, but but. I understand that you're not actually in this uh, this documentary <laughs> making fun of the story of Funko. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, uh, we we got to as a company uh, uh, watch the documentary a few uh-huh. weeks ago. Okay, and and uh, um, a- afterwards, uh, a few of us uh, got together with the producer and and talked with him, and and he he said, I really. Because he he did interview me, uh, but I hit the cutting room floor. Oh, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> but but uh, um, he he said I, there's so much great footage that you know he had to cut it down and keep it a certain length. He said there's so much great footage. I want to uh, set up a website or something where we can post other clips and interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, or maybe it'll be part of a, a DVD or Blu-ray or something like that. But gotcha. he, 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 he's like, I'm really sorry you hit the cutting <laughs> room floor. And I go, no, that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, they did interview me, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it just happens. It's yeah. a great, it's a great documentary. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and again, I'm watching it going, well, I was there that whole time. But I just <laughs> didn't, didn't make it into the photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet you if you look at some of the photos, you might see like half of a hand or part of an arm or something. It's like, yeah. I, think, well, I think that's Mike's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there, I, I am anxious to see it again because I think there mm-hmm. is a shot of me at a party doing limbo under a broomstick. It's either me or Rob Schwartz. I don't know. So there might be that one shot, but I would have to watch it again to confirm it. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, so let's uh, uh so let's uh, let's continue the to wind the clocks back um a little more and you know, I'd like to talk about uh um influences a bit. You know, kind of like uh you know, you you've shared with us the story of how you got involved with uh, Funko, but what uh what makes uh young Mike Martin interested in artistic pursuits to begin with? What's what's kind of a little <laughs> bit of the origin there? Well, I, I, 
in high school, I was always the one that they come and go, we need a poster. Can you do, do illustrations and stuff? I've been drawing, you know, I was drawing the Flintstones in second grade and they, you know, mm-hmm. I was drawing tricks of rabbit and lucky charms and all the, the cereal box characters. I always drew them. Uh, and, uh, you know, my, my parents always encouraged me to draw, uh, my dad, was a, a a sculptor of sorts. He did wood carvings. Uh, so I got, I got all my artistic talent from my dad, which, which is funny because when I went to art school, my dad's like, well, I don't know where I got that talent from. <laughs> you know, and my, my mom just laughs and it's like, got it from you yet, dummy. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, when I, I, graduated from high school i knew i wanted to do something with art mm-hmm. and i grew up in i grew up in northern idaho and so i went to the university of idaho but i i just i i was kind of clueless didn't know what i was going to do so i kind of uh i didn't finish school there and I, at the time i was just delivering pizzas for for domino's pizza and i, mm-hmm. I took a um assistant manager position doing pizzas and, yeah. and it, it was just like it was going nowhere and my brother uh had moved over here to seattle and he just started sending me uh art institute ads so you need to come over here and go to school <laughs> and i was like yeah you're right and so it was <laughs> it was pretty much that easy and and um so i i uh moved to Seattle went to the Art Institute. Okay. Uh, when I got out of school, I got a job uh, doing um, T-shirt designs, and I did mm-hmm. that for for quite a while, like eight, nine years. Uh-huh. Um, and the the company that I worked at with with the guys who started Funko sure. uh, was the last uh, T-shirt uh, company I worked for, and um, at the time, they had did, all we were doing was uh, Looney Tunes shirts. Do you mm-hmm. remember the the big craze in the nineties? Oh yeah, uh, just right. Looney Tunes shirts. Well, that's what we did. But when that craze went away, mm-hmm. all the companies that were doing them went away as well. <laughs> so okay. that was kind of the end of that company, and it was uh, perfect timing for Funko to start. And that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and since then, I've I've worked at a few other companies doing like. Uh, corporate swag and stuff like that. Um, uh, the company I worked at before Funko, which was a, a great company, I was there for uh, about eleven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what they did is, you know, we did. Uh, uh, we'll put your logo on a on a glass or a mug, or you know, uh, we'll give you swag for conventions and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's, they- I did that for quite a while. Kind of your more traditional graphic design type, you know, like logos and and imaging right. and things like that. Yeah, but but that's where I learned. That's where I learned my uh, computer art chops is mm-hmm. is doing that stuff really. Gotcha. So um, a couple different uh, places I'd like to go with that. Now, you mentioned uh, um, apparel and T-shirts and things like that. That uh, um, So at, at what point in your artistic pursuits did you get into costuming? 
because your uh, <laughs> your uh, your uh, uh, cosplays that you do with costume characters for causes are pretty phenomenal. Like uh, um, I I I'm still dumbstruck every time I see your Rocketeer cosplay because it is just <laughs> it is just phenomenally perfect, even down to the minuscule detail of having the gum on the back of the rocket uh, pack to you know keep the gas from leaking out. And I just I just <laughs> I love that level of detail. So uh, yeah. so yeah, maybe maybe talk about your costuming a little bit. Uh, well, that that probably started about <clears throat> oh probably seven or eight years ago, and uh, I had a friend who who uh, I I had made uh, superhero costumes for like Halloween and stuff. I had a an old school Captain Marvel, you know, Shazam uh, mm-hmm. a costume. That I had I had made out of a long sleeve T-shirt, and I sewed a lightning bolt on it, and made a cape, and and wore some red baseball pants, and <laughs> and um, so that was probably my first superhero costume. Mm. Um, but this friend of mine made an amazing armored Batman costume, mm-hmm. and uh, he came to a, a, a Halloween party that we were, we were doing and, and I was just blown away by it. And I was like, wow, that's great. Uh, and then a few months later, he's like, Hey, does anybody want to go to Emerald city comic con? And I'm like, well, I'll go with you. I'd never gone. I didn't, I didn't know what it was about. And I remember going with him and I wasn't wearing a costume, but he was wearing his Batman costume and he couldn't walk 10 feet without a gazillion people wanting his picture. So I, I kind of ended up being his his roadie, I guess. Okay, <laughs> like, know, like, like a handler type of person. <laughs> yeah, I was his handler. Yeah, that would be the word. And uh, I was just going, wow, this just looks like fun. And then I'm seeing all the other people wearing costumes. Sure. Now, I had brought that Captain Marvel costume with me, but I was like, well, I don't know if it'll work. Mm-hmm. But after hanging out, with Brandon in his Batman costume, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go put that in. I remember getting <laughs> dressed in the parking garage and going back into the convention. And, uh, and that was it. I was, I was just, I was just kind of hooked. It was fun because I was making friends who, who, uh, were doing the same thing. And, you know, I was impressed by the costumes and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I, my next costume was, a a world war two Captain America, and I know mm-hmm. you've seen that one. Uh, and uh, I just, you know, looking at other people's endeavors and, yeah. and what they were making, I was like, okay, I'm going to get kind of serious about this. And mm-hmm. I, I actually found uh, found that jacket online, and I, you know, I dug out my old army helmet, which I I saved from you know when I got out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, 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 painted it up blue and put the A on it. And, 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 uh, you know, I asked people, what should I make this shield out of the people, mm-hmm. the new friends that I had made? And they said, Oh, try, try PVC foam. And, and so I made myself a, a shield and that's probably my longest costume that I've, I've had. I, I just replaced the jacket on that one because mm-hmm. I've, I've, over the few years I've lost a lot of weight and that, that jacket's like wearing a blanket. So <laughs> I, I had, uh, one of the costume, uh, 
characters for Kaz's friends mm-hmm. helped me make a new jacket. So oh, okay, uh, yeah, and then just over over the years, yeah, I've always loved the Rocketeer. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of that too is I was like, I'd love to have a Rocketeer helmet or a Cylon helmet. Yeah. And just uh, looking online, I found uh, uh, it's called Pepperkura, mm. where you can make make these things out of cardboard and stuff. And I was like, oh, so I I tried my hand at at making a Cylon helmet, and it turned out so well that I just kept going and made a whole Cylon armor. Uh, and I've worn that a few times. The yeah. problem is it's made out of paper. So oh. every time I wear it, I sweat it to death. Uh, but I've, I've coated the in, in, interior uh-huh. of it with a, with a rubber spray. So that helps a little bit. But uh, I don't wear that one very much because sure. it's, it's very – it's paper. <laughs> You know what? I, I, and I've and I've seen that costume in pictures a number of times, but I don't think I've I've seen you in it in person. I had no idea that was made out of paper. That's that's yeah. some, that's some good <laughs> crafting there for sure. Yeah, that that was a, a winter time of watching TV and cutting paper <laughs> and gluing it together. And it, it was it's a fun project, and I've always kind of wanted to revisit it, but uh-huh. every time. You know, because I could make it out of uh, out of foam and stuff. There's so many better techniques to make sure. things now. Uh, but then it's just the novelty of it being paper. Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah, is kind of cool. So I'm like, yeah, I'll stick with it. And I did wear it this year at at uh, Emerald City Comic Con. I wore it on Sunday. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, that was that was a fun day. But again, I only wear it for a few hours because right. it's, it's just <laughs> you just start sweating into death yeah you can't uh, live with live in it in fact yeah. <laughs> I, I guess i guess now that we're talking about it, i i don't think that many of your costumes are designed to be lived in because they're all like you know heavy leather jackets and you know, <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> i mean like you know i was thinking back of uh, your uh red skull costume where that oh. that thing, I mean, it was phenomenal. I I really love the mask and you know all the again the details like we were talking about earlier. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh oh, buddy's got to live in that. Who boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that that is definitely a heavy one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so how um how how did you get involved with uh, with Jason and Matt and uh, costume characters for causes and and all the stuff that they do? Uh, that was just uh, going to to Comic Con. I remember seeing Jason that first Comic Con I went to, and he was he was Tony Stark in mm-hmm. a you know in a tank top, and he had the the glove arm, and I'm going, wow, that that guy's cool. And um, I met him again. Uh, um, it was uh, at a uh, Bobacon Toys was was having a big charity event, and there was a, a ton of people that showed up. My my friend Brandon with the Batman suit, he was going. He's going. Are you going to go? And I'm like, sure. So so many of the people that. Uh, uh, that are part of costume characters for causes were there. Um, so I met them then. And then the following Emerald city comic con, I was hanging out again with, with Brandon. He goes, Hey, they, they have a table down there. We can, we could go down there and 
and sit down and put her feet up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, and you know how uh, the costume characters for Kaz's booth work. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's basically a photo booth with a, with a box on the table for donations. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they just take pictures for free and post them online. And people can go and and uh, and get them, so they can get their pictures taken with great cosplayers and great superheroes, and and it's worked really well. So we just went down to hang out, and you know they invited us in. Come on in, take pictures with people for a while, and mm-hmm. that's that's how I got involved with them. And uh, you know I just kind of kept coming back, and they never they never told me to go away. So. <laughs> So yeah, years later, I'm I'm still doing it, and, and it's it's just it, it it's definitely my way of of giving back. Mm-hmm. I guess um, I love the idea of 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 doing things for charity, and and it it's it just hooked me the first time when I saw what they were doing. Um, it's 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 a great organization, and it's a lot of fun. Very cool, and you know, uh, uh, Mike. One one of the things that I I like and appreciate about you the most is you. You are probably one of the sweetest, most humblest dudes I think I've ever met. Because, like, <laughs> you know, like like when when I first uh, got to know you, it was obviously through uh, uh, costume characters for causes. It wasn't until later that I that I realized that not only did you do all your stuff uh, with Funko, but that you were so heavily involved with that. And um, uh, where where I'm going with this is there's there's uh, um, some convergence here with your uh, work with Funko and your work with costume characters for causes, and it's uh, and and I, I'm I'm probably embarrassing you quite a bit, and I apologize for that. But I I want to talk about the uh, partnership between uh, Funko and costume characters for causes over the last couple years with regards to the uh, 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 prototype auction that uh that they've been able to do and uh i just like to see if you could talk about that for a few oh oh certainly and yeah you're not embarrassing me i'm actually really proud of that it's uh it it it, it so at work we get unpainted prototypes of everything we work on uh so if i design a pop mm-hmm. i will get an un painted prototype of it uh, and so did the sculptors and anybody else involved with the project so um, for for people who don't know what the prototypes are they mm-hmm. they basically when they get the molds made they run cheap white plastic through the molds to make sure that that everything's going to work correctly so they they make a certain amount of them and usually they'd just be tossed aside well, Brian Mariotti, the the president of Funko, he he was like, "No, we'll, we'll take the protos. We can give them out as giveaways and stuff like that." And um, Funko has a, a thing called Fun Days that they do every year at, and it happens the same time as San Diego Comic Con. Um, it's on Friday night of San Diego mm-hmm. Comic Con. Oh, okay. And he uh, he originally just started tossing these out to the Funko fans. And uh, so they're really rare and really 
hard to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, we we get them as a perk from work. Mm-hmm. Problem is ethically, we can't do anything with them. We can't sell them or barter with them. It's just right. unethical, and it's yeah. it's a big unwritten rule. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's become a written rule. It's like don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have a ton of these things, and. Um, you know, someday if I retire, <laughs> it could be a nice little nest egg for me. Right. But um, I just thought, you know, I I want to I want to contribute more uh, to to the costume uh, characters for causes. Mm-hmm. So I went to Jason. And I said, Hey, I have these prototypes. I'd like to donate uh, for charity. And I had talked to my bosses and said, This is what I want to do. And they were like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Go for it. So I had uh, five prototypes the first year, um, and they were from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe make a couple hundred bucks here. Sure. Um, I, I did know what they were worth, but we were just doing a, a, a secret auction right there at the convention where you just fill out, fill out your bid and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the highest bid at the end was. That's that's who won it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not very technical at anything like that, so setting something up online would be would be a hard thing for me. I just wanted to keep it simple. Right. Right. Well, you know, thinking we'd make you know three four hundred dollars. No, <laughs> we made twenty three hundred dollars <laughs> off of those prototypes. And Jason's eyes were just like, "Holy cow! I had no idea." <laughs> and. Uh, he goes, can we do this again? I'm like, yeah, we, we can totally do this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second year that we did it, and I know you were there, mm-hmm. um, I had seven. And they, yes. again, they were all my my prototypes. Um, and we did uh, the, the silent auction at the table. Plus, uh, I had a friend who was an auctioneer, and he volunteered mm-hmm. to come in and do a live auction right there on the site. Mm-hmm. And... We brought in almost six thousand yeah. dollars for those seven prototypes. So when <laughs> when I told I ran into like a half an hour later after the auction closed and everything, uh-huh. I ran into uh, I ra- ran into my bosses at the convention. And I told them, and they're like, "Well, I got I got protos. I'll donate next time if you do it again." Mm-hmm. So uh, this year was. Just insane. I I had told Jason that uh, and our the the charity we do things for is called the Good Times Project, and they're uh, an amazing organization. They do uh, summer camps for kids with cancer, mm-hmm. and um, we had been uh, doing these uh, charity runs for them for several years, and I said, "Can we?" turn this into an online auction. Can you talk to them about right. setting something like that up? So he, he went to them and he said, you know, we can make this really big if we, if we put this out to the world. Mm-hmm. And um, so they were like, yeah, and they, they got the site all ready and, and it was really easy. I went to my bosses and I said, hey, we're doing this online this year. Can I take donations for everybody else in the art department. And he's like, yeah, go for it. 
And so they just started piling up at my desk. Just like people <laughs> going, here, how about this one? How about this one? How about this one? Oh, that's great. And uh, uh, I remember uh, uh, one of my coworkers, he had designed the uh, Ragnarok Hulk pop, the big gladiator yes. Hulk. And it was a 10-inch pop, which is mm-hmm. a, a big deal. Yeah, And he brought it in. He goes, there you go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to give that up? He goes, yep, yep. It's it's for charity. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. And he inspired me to go dig in my bin and pull out the original Hulkbuster. Yeah. Which, uh, which uh, has been around for a few years, and it's kind of like this legendary figure. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's the one that inspired me. And incidentally, those... Those uh, uh, two figures and just a regular Batman were the top <laughs> were the top uh, bidders in the auction. Yeah. So, so uh, the combination of all my coworkers uh, donating generously, and I I cut it off at forty. I was like, I think we got enough. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. And then one more person brought an amazing one. And I go, okay, forty-one. <laughs> so we had. <laughs> We had 41 protos, and we brought in $31,000 for charity. I got to hit some sound yeah. effects for you here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. And yeah. I I remember kind of like not not really monitoring it in real time. Like, you know, I, I was promoting it here on the podcast and, you know, I had interviewed Jason and, you know, we've uh, uh, always been um, an ally in trying to kind of promote this thing, even going back to uh, last year's Emerald City, um, you know, where, where I got to hang out with you guys for a while. But it's I mean, my jaw hit the floor one when I first saw the array of pops, you know, just just the variety of them, of all the different licenses and and all the different kinds. Like, you know, there there were the larger scale ones. There were some smaller ones and 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 some other uh, non uh, pop figures in there as well uh, that that were all really, really cool. And I, I remember looking at the site because you guys had we had a, a preview site up beforehand. So yeah. uh, so I'm kind of like counting my pennies and calling my shots. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, those three that you mentioned, you know, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Gladiator Hulk, uh, obviously the Hulkbuster and uh, that Batman. I think it was the Chrome Batman uh, ECCC exclusive for that year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, um, but it, it was just a plain white. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> it just looks but like it's... plain Batman. It's so funny. <laughs> but but my boy Vegas, like I I put bids on those and was priced out immediately. Yeah, I, I did yeah. not have a shot of walking home with any of those. Uh, but, <laughs> but 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 what I was getting at is like I remember kind of watching it throughout the weekend. You know, kind of seeing like you know uh, uh, just the uh, the bids go higher and higher and higher. I'm like, oh, that's all that one's going to go for. I check it back in a couple hours and it's like doubled and yeah. i just uh um i i don't remember at what point i i went by the table at the convention but i'm like 
you guys might want to take a look at some of these because because uh, I think at that point the the two large scale ones were already in four digit bids, um, yeah. and it was just it was uh, it, it was I mean we keep using the word insane but in in the best possible way because um, you know through uh, the generosity of of yourself and your uh, uh, coworkers uh, over there at Funko yeah I mean thirty one thousand dollars for the Good Times project that's uh, that's yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, the auction, uh, uh, one of the counselors for the Good Times Project came up and he said, this will fund, I I think he said, this will fund four complete cabins of kids for a week. Wow. Which is, uh, you know, I think there's like seven or eight kids per cabin or something like that. Something like that, yeah. That, that made us all feel really good mm-hmm. and and the uh the photo booth brought in another another couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. and that's just people putting money in a box on a table right so um yeah it 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 was really fun i think that i think the hulkbuster went for thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I'm not going to share what my bid was, but I did not get it. <laughs> I, I I did bid on it, but I uh, I did not win. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah but, a... Because, I mean, that that is a magnificent piece. And and all of all of the prototypes in in that auction are, are just spectacular. And, you know, uh, you talked about with the fans and, you know, for them to get the opportunity to get, you know, like these rare um, a few of a kind uh, prototypes, uh, oftentimes uh, autographed by the artist. Um, yeah, and- they were they were all autograph autographed by the concept artist and the sculptor. So that was another big plus for. Oh, that's. And- you know that gives us a chance to go. Yeah, look, I'm famous. They signed them. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, so keeping it within the the category of convergence with uh, uh, with Funko and costume characters for causes. Um, uh, earlier this year, or actually, I'm not earlier this year. Uh, uh, midpoint last year, uh, the new uh, headquarters opened up up in Everett, <laughs> and yes. And uh, uh, I was wondering if you have any stories you would like to talk about from that particular event, because I, uh, you know, I I wasn't able to attend as a fan, but there was a lot of vicariously living through y'all's social media there. And and it looked like (laughs) it was an amazing event. Yeah, it was it was a pretty spectacular day. First off, I have to say Mm -hmm. uh, our headquarters is just pure fun Mm -hmm. we have we have we've taken over a a six-story building in downtown Everett Mm -hmm. and um the the entire bottom floor is a I don't know how many square footage but it's a huge retail store and it's like Disneyland (laughs) it's the the Hulkbuster we were talking about yep there's a 10-foot Hulkbuster in that Mm -hmm. store so they just blew blew my design up but now it's 10 feet tall and he's fighting a six foot tall hulk that is smashing to a wall (laughs) we have a 15 foot tall godzilla in this store we have a batmobile a toy batmobile with a giant toy adam west batman Mm -hmm. that you can sit in and get your picture taken (laughs) (laughs) it's 
uh, we have a Harry Potter land. We have a uh, we have a Princess Castle, Disney Castle, in the middle of it. Nice. We have a a Star Wars land. It's a hot ice cave with Luke hanging upside down. It's insane and it's it's spectacular. If uh, if any of your listeners <laughs> want to see something really cool, the Funko Store is amazing, and we're currently renovating a new a new part of the store, which should be done the first uh, anniversary. And um, I can't talk about what it is, but okay. it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> it's be phenomenal. So. Uh, yeah, we we took over this entire building. We have we have slides between the stairs. If you if you want to go downstairs, you can go down fast because there's a slide. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's crazy things like that. Um, and so that grand opening was was mainly for the store itself, but also mm. kind of just to celebrate Funko being there. We yeah. uh, we've talked to. Uh, police officers who who patrol downtown and stuff, and they say we love the fact that you're here because uh, uh, downtown Everett had kind of really gone in a bad direction, yeah. and they said you've cleaned it up. There's mm-hmm. there's parents walking on the sidewalks with kids again, and things like that, and you know all the the restaurants and stuff around there. They go, we love you because you come in and eat here. <laughs> and, uh, and we've outgrown that building already. We're moving uh, some of our our office people to across the street. We're taking oh, over spaces. Uh, we're, we're building <laughs> what we're joking that we're building the Funko campus. But yeah, there you already, go. We've already outgrown that building. It's, wow. it, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's uh it's pretty spectacular it's it's a, such a great company to work for they they treat us well um you know uh Brian Mariotti the president of the company he understands how important the art department is mm-hmm. to the company and and so he he really respects what we do and that, what i like about him is he really understands cuz when he bought Funko uh, in, in 2006, he had to roll up his sleeves and help pack boxes and ship them and stuff, too. Oh, sure. Uh, so he's been in the trenches, and he knows what it takes to get a figure done. And so, you know, if if he wants something, you go, well, you know, that's not re- really going to work. He doesn't go, well, I don't care. That's what I want. He says, right. oh, okay, well, what would work? What could we do? And so he really listens, and, and he's such a huge part of how Funko is, has grown and become what it is now. Um, so a lot of that building is him. Mm-hmm. And that event was was so much fun. I just thought when it was going on, I go, well, shouldn't there be superheroes there? So, <laughs> so you know, I went to my boss and said, is it okay if I invite this group? And they were like, yeah, that would be great. And we just mingled through the crowd and, and took pictures. It just made made the event that much more fun for everybody. I think. Well, and you were there in costume, right? If I, I was. Correctly? I was. I wore my golden age Flash costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just I, thought that was really neat. 
<laughs> very, very cool. Um, so, uh, so keeping it with uh, Funko, we, uh, you know, we we've talked about you know uh, origins, and you know, obviously the upcoming documentary, uh, Making Fun: The Story of Funko. Uh, again, that drops on Netflix uh, Thursday, May twenty fourth. Uh, my good friend Mike is not in it, but he's uh, he's there in spirit. Watch out for his elbow or something. You will see a lot of my work in the in the documentary. <laughs> see, I I think you looked ahead at some of my notes because that's actually what I was going to transition to next. In that we haven't really talked about specifically, um, aside from the iconic Hulkbuster uh, uh, Iron Man pop. Uh, uh, could you talk about some of the uh, uh, some of the pops that you've worked on and maybe some of your favorites? Yeah, uh, I. I do a, mostly um, the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I work on those a lot. I, I The first set that I worked on was uh, the Avengers Age, Age of Ultron. Nice. Uh, and I've since then I've done uh, Civil War and Infinity War, and I d- did the Justice League pops. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so doing doing the superhero stuff is is always fun, you know. And those 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 sets are are huge. And I don't I don't work on them all alone. Usually, a project that big, they'll assign two concept artists to, and we'll we'll split it up and we'll like split it in half. Um, but I've done multiple multiple versions of Iron Man and Captain America and it's like <laughs> you know okay what what can I change about this one yeah. and, uh, you know change them up and stuff like that but uh, I also get handed a lot of so we do a lot of exclusives for stores and stuff and I love doing the the off off center kind of you know it's like retro things Oh, like sure. I did the the uh, the World War II Captain America, which yeah. is probably my favorite pop of all time. It turned out so great, mm-hmm. and that was Brian Mariotti coming out of his office and go, "We need an exclusive for Emerald City Comic Con. We need a Marvel." And uh, and I stood up and said, "World War II Captain America." <laughs> I, al- I already had it designed. I go, "Wouldn't it be cool if we did this?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, get on it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that one was my favorite. A, a lot of uh, my favorites are things where I'll just do a concept and go, wouldn't this be cool? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, another great one that I love is a, a Clark Kent pop. Okay. He's, got, he's got the gray suit and the fedora, and he's got the he's, you know, ripping his shirt open yeah. so you can see his, the S on his chest. But he's got the glasses on, and it's very, very retro. I kind of used, you know, uh, Christopher Reeve as a as a as an example of yeah. oh, that's what I want my Clark Kent pop to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when it, when I I've done things like Space Ghost and and uh, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt and <laughs> you know the the original Battlestar Galactica. So I, I I love doing the things that they might not be big sellers, but mm-hmm. I always have people. Oh, I'm so glad they made this. Um, so those are those are are some of my favorite things. You know, I, I got to do a Tron pop and nice. and uh, so I I I 
I enjoy doing those kind of things. I mm-hmm. guess uh, I, I can tell you about one that that because they've already uh, released it and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not in the stores yet. Okay, but I got to do the the uh, the Green Hornet. Oh, from okay. the TV show. So that one that one was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think that's coming out on in early June. Nice. So I can talk about it because we've released it to the public. Gotcha. Very cool. Just yeah. don't want to get you in trouble with the bosses. You know, I want <laughs> want to make sure that you stay gainfully employed and have a uh, the opportunity for more of your art to get into our uh, eager collector hands. So I, I don't yeah. want to jeopardize any of that. But no, that's a uh, that's that's phenomenal stuff. I I, I really like your work. Um. So I so I guess my my next question would be then. What uh, what's what kind of challenges do you face as an artist, and what's kind of been your biggest challenge, um, uh, with either regards to art, uh, Funko design, or or even some of your costuming? Oh, um, as far as far as uh, uh, designing pops, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting because you know we're, we're starting when pops first started, they were all in this stoic pose of. I'm a superhero, and yeah. you just kind of stood there. But since then, now we do. We're doing poses and stuff. Um, and the tough part is the pop anatomy sometimes gets in the way because that head is so big. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you know, I I know I had someone said, "Wouldn't it be great if Funko did the 1966 Batman where he's running around with a bomb over his head?" And it's like a pop can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, that's always a challenge to come uh-huh. up with, with cool poses uh, uh, with the pop anatomy. And, and we've, we're getting really good at it with, yeah. with, over the last year or so. We've done some really, really cool poses and stuff. Hmm. Um, so that that's always a challenge. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's always challenging to work on projects where you don't have good reference. Uh-huh. So you just kind of got to make it up. And then you send it off to the licensors, and they go, "That's not right." And you're going, "Well, show us what is right." Right. <laughs> uh, so that that's frustrating a lot. Um, uh, that doesn't happen too often, but sometimes it does. And it's just like I don't know. Then you're like, I don't know what to do. I I don't know what this is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that that's a challenge. And then uh, dealing with the the factories is. Uh, um, uh, our our factories are are in China and and Vietnam and things like that so sometimes there's a a huge language barrier that we have to get over Mm. Uh, but but they they do such a good job I mean sometimes we'll send things off and I'm like I can't believe they pulled this off this is amazing Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, that would be a challenge um as far as my costumes, uh, <laughs> my uh, my thing with my costumes is I have one rule. Okay. I have I wear pants with pockets and a fly. <laughs> 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 I see so many people who are just trapped for hours yeah. in their costumes, and I'm like, no. So I choose it, it, um, <laughs> most of my. Most of my costumes are 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 very retro. I want my yeah. costumes to look like a uniform rather than a, a spandex suit. I, yeah. I'm 
I'm too fat for spandex, and, <laughs> and it, but if I have a, a a nicely made jacket or something like yeah. that, uh, so uh, you know, finding the jackets and stuff like that, finding the people that make the jackets is, mm-hmm. is tough because I'm I'm not a sewer myself. I could design it and everything. Oh, okay, uh, but. Uh, but I found I found some good people. Uh, mm-hmm. My my flash jacket and my rocketeer jacket. I found those online, and they're actually from the same company, oh. uh, which I I can't recall what it is. But they're so well made. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started doing the the rocketeer helmet, I, I I first built the rocketeer helmet out of paper, and then I decided no, I want an actual real rocketeer helmet. Yeah. So I searched online and found and I had to pay a couple hundred dollars for it um and, but it's it's a great helmet and you know I was looking at the rocket pack and I'm like that's going to cost like three thousand dollars I'm mm-hmm. not going to spend three thousand dollars right so the challenge of the rocket pack is like what can I make this out of and it became a huge uh it, it became a huge challenge and it was so fun and inspiring to figure out what to make it out of. I made it out of foam crab buoys and plastic garage sale signs and uh, potato chip cans and toilet plungers and and, uh, uh, silly putty eggs and all the rivets on it are are googly eyes. (laughs) They're just painted silver. And it was, it's, uh, I I have it hanging on my wall in my living room because I'm very proud of how it turned mm-hmm. out. And the gum is real. I chewed the gum myself and put <laughs> it on. <laughs> yeah, bring it back around. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I've I've had people come up to me and go, "Oh, your rocket pack's amazing," but I I someone stuck gum on it, and I'm like, "Yeah, it, it's supposed to be there." I had a woman try to take it off, and I go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? No, no, it's supposed to be on there." <laughs> That's funny. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. That that that's probably one of my favorite costumes. I just walk around. I get Rocket Man, and you know, there's a lot of people who just go, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen the Rocketeer at a convention." Yeah. And and there we're out there. There's a small community of people that do the Rocketeer, and I've kind of found yeah. them on Instagram, which is which is cool. Um, so yeah, that that one's. And in fact, I, I've I've met a a father and daughter rocketeer duo at 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 uh, comic-con and okay. she's she's probably five years old and just adorable oh that's sweet. <laughs> she's got a little rocketeer skirt and everything it's very <laughs> cute <laughs> that's awesome um so let's uh let's talk about dream projects a bit you know uh, uh things you might not have uh you know kind of pie in the sky stuff and again you know i either costuming or uh um uh pop design what how, however you want to take that um so many um uh, dream projects uh, have happened at Funko. Like uh, I did the the Jay Garrick Flash. That was that was one where I just mm-hmm. go, what about this one? And the the World War Two Captain America and the the Battlestar Galactica Cylons. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I just designed and kind of waved and said, hey, what about this? Right. So those are definitely dream projects. And and pretty much everybody um, in the art department at one point or another gets that that dream project where they're like yay look what i'm working on (laughs) uh that that's really cool so 
as far as dream projects, they kind of happen every day there. <laughs> uh, it's pretty, you know, I, 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 I talked to, uh, Sean Wilkinson, the mm-hmm. art director there and, and you go, well, what's left on your bucket list? He's like, nothing. We've done it all. I got it all done. <laughs> He's like, I got to come up with a new list. Oh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. And it, on it, the seventh it, day, he rested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's very, very cool. I'm very excited to uh, to hear about all that. Um, so uh, the the last question I have for you as we as we get ready to close out um, is uh, what advice would you have for folks that that want to pursue their own uh, artistic interests, their own artistic pursuits? Um, I would say that, uh, just constantly, if you, if you're a drawer, draw, 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 mm-hmm. the more you draw, the better you're going to get. And it's okay to emulate, uh, people that you admire because you're going to learn from what they've done. Uh, uh, I guess one of my biggest things is, uh, draw it, and if 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 you if it didn't turn out the way you want, that's okay because it's a learning thing. Because mm-hmm. the next time you draw, you, the things that you didn't like about your last drawing, you're going to improve on. So just draw, draw, draw. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, and, and know that uh, it's the funnest job in the world if if it's what you want to do. <laughs> uh, it was a long path of me not making very much money. Sure. But uh, money isn't everything. If you come home from a job that you absolutely love, then that's a good thing. Absolutely. And that's uh, that is the same song I hear from a lot of us creatives, you know, whether it's uh, musicians, um, artists or, you know, uh, radio personalities, podcasters. You know, we all have that in common. You know, if you if you can uh, it's you know, it's like one one of the uh, uh, pearls of wisdom that Kevin Smith has given us. It's like, you know, find the thing that you do that you love and then find a way to make a little bit of money money at it and yeah. you know and if uh if you do that you you'll be happy and yeah you know sometimes those creative endeavors uh aren't always the most financially lucrative uh pursuits in the world but uh the the quality of life and the the uh creative satisfaction you get um you know it's sometimes hard to pay the bills with creative sac- satisfaction but still yeah. <laughs> it uh, it makes life um a, a lot easier or or at least that's been my experience Oh yeah, uh, so- and you know, in, in in all my long years of doing it, I finally uh, at Funko, I've mm-hmm. I've I've found my stride. I, I get yeah. paid well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love what I do. So you know, it was a long time to get there, but right. now I'm like, you know, I've totally made it. It's it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, let's see. the uh, The documentary is "Making Fun: The Story of Funko." Again, that drops Thursday, May twenty fourth on uh, on the Netflix. Uh, Mike Martin, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, uh, getting to know you a little better uh, uh, today as we as we've been talking. 
Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's always a pleasure to talk with you as well. Yeah, definitely. So before I let you go, uh, can you let folks know uh, where they might be able to get access to learn more about uh, your stuff with uh, Funko? And maybe how can folks uh, connect with you on the social medias? Uh, well, I'm I'm on Instagram. I'm mkmartini <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, and you can see a lot of, of my stuff posted there. Um, I'm uh, Michael Keith Martin on Facebook, and uh, I don't I don't do Twitter. I, I don't I know nothing of Twitter. <laughs> so that was you're okay. Primarily, that's where I'm at there. But <laughs> gotcha. Um, if you go to uh, uh, Funko dot com, uh, my stuff is everywhere there. I don't know. Uh, you'd have to go. I wonder if he did that, but, but uh, uh, you know, my artwork is everywhere on that, along with all my coworkers. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, I think that's that's it for me. Oh, uh, uh, plus the uh, 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 costume characters for causes mm-hmm. is on Facebook, so there's photos of me there as well, uh, and you can you can find out more about costume characters for causes and. And the Good Times Project and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, just searching through Facebook, you you can find all that information. Absolutely, as well as uh, any uh, upcoming events that uh, that that you and the volunteers will be involved in. I found that that Facebook's pretty much the uh, the source to go uh, for yeah. that because that, uh, that that's usually pretty current. Um, and so, Mike, the uh, uh, last thing, uh, just kind of like this uh, last clearinghouse uh, um, before uh, before we part ways for now, um, is there anyone that you would like to acknowledge or give shout outs to uh, that we may not have mentioned? Um, uh, just so just so I don't forget. Um, hmm. You know, I, I, I there's so many people in the art department at Funko. There's. Mm-hmm. I think we have like 50 people in the art department now. Wow. And the, the, the the group there is so immensely talented. It's just uh, such a pleasure to work with them all. I'd love to shout out all their names, but I'm going to shoot shoot out you know them as a as a group. Yep. Um, just just a, a phenomenal group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, Brian Mariotti, the the uh, president of Funko. Uh, our CEO, he's he's an amazing, he's a force of nature. That's why Funko is where it is. <laughs> and you know, of course, uh, uh, all the 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 volunteers, they're just there's so much fun to hang out with. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I admire what they do. That's why I joined them. Um, mm-hmm. Just just a great group. And and it and it's constantly evolving and growing there too. We we bring in. Uh, new people every convention, which is which is fun. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to to meet new people, and that's where I met you. So I'll give right. a shout out to you. It was, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's always a pleasure to have you there with mm-hmm. us, and and um, yeah, it led to this interview, which is which is fun. <laughs> See, I I told you it was going to be a blast. I uh, it's it's never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got. I can tell you love your job too. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, you know, as one of my mentors has always said in uh, in our radio classes, it doesn't suck. Yeah, <laughs> so it does not suck. All right, well, uh, Mike Martin, uh, a multi-talented artist and designer from Funko, as well as cosplayer with costume characters for causes. Give it up for him one more time. 
Live studio audience. (laughs) Oh, Mike, this has been a blast. We will have to do it again sometime soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. (laughs) All right. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. And that will do it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my old college radio shows on KGRG, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you do give us a review, let me know, and I'll give you a shout-out and read it on the air. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at... Mike Seibert Radio and write it to the mailbag Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com would love to get your feedback questions or just know that you're out there listening um, uh, next week uh, Lucia Fasano returns to the show to talk about the story she wrote for the upcoming Las Vegas shooting benefit anthology Where We Live with artist Tess Fowler that book comes out on Wednesday May 30th But I bet if you reach out to your local comic book shop today, now as you're listening to this, they'll be able to grab a copy for you. All that more on next week's show. For my guest, Mike Martin, my name is also Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, make good choices.